the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Soapy will ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers, and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm John Harrison, sitting here in Soapy's seat this evening. Want to wish you all a very, very wonderful and blessed Fourth uh, of July. Uh, Soapy's out of the studio this evening. He's at home, but we have his. We have a couple of wonderful people that y'all are all familiar with. We have his daughter Stacy, and we have Al, who's been uh, sitting in with Soapy the last few weeks. And so I'm going to just uh, pretty much throw it over to them in just a moment here. But I want to remind y'all. This is your show as well as ours, and so you can join in with a question, a comment, anything uh, at 210-340-95. And if you missed that, we'll be giving that out again a little bit later. Hey, Al. Hey, Stacy. How are y'all doing? We're doing well. So um, this is Al Johnson. Um, I am not a Mescalero <laughs> Apache Indian. I'm quite light-skinned. I come from Nordic heritage. Uh, but I'm filling the seat for Soapy tonight, or at least I'm trying. And uh, I need your help. Uh, I don't want this to be a monologue. <laughs> and uh, Soapy can make it that easily. Uh, sometimes I have to kind of twist his arm to see if I can get his <laughs> attention. I, I want to say something. But you can certainly call in, and John will get you online, and we will take 210-340-9585. So... Uh, I wanted to start off a little bit by reviewing the last uh, mm -hmm. week or two or whatever. As you know, we've had uh, some significant Supreme Court rulings. Um, I'm going to just touch on them. I'm not going to preach on them. <laughs> so we had uh, Roe versus Wade was overturned on the 24th of June. We had a Second Amendment case, uh, New York. Mm -hmm. was overruled because they made it so that you had to give extraordinarily re uh, I, I don't even know how to describe it reasons why you should have to be able to carry mm -hmm. instead of just saying well it says right here I mm -hmm. can do that it's already in the constitution so uh, that was a pretty big ruling the state of Maine has been had their wings clipped a little bit because they weren't treating religious schools adequately in terms of funding. They had denied them the opportunity mm -hmm. to receive funding in their charter schools, pub whatever kind of schools they had. And so the Supreme Court said, no, you, you can't do that. Uh, if you're going to fund these others, you're going to have to fund these equally. Mm -hmm. 
And there are some other rulings, but for the most part. Yeah, what was that one about the, the coach that was oh, praying right. with his? Yeah, right. yeah out right. in Washington in Bremerton, the, a coach was, uh, after a game, he would go out by himself and kneel and give a quick prayer of thanksgiving to the Lord. Private, not, mm -hmm. not a word said that anybody could hear. And some of his players wanted to join him, and they did. Mm. And, of course, that's a violation, of course, of the <laughs> separation of church and state. So they said, and they fired him. Oh. And uh, he's had a, they managed to get it to the Supreme Court, and they said, no, 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 no wait <laughs> a minute. That's not a separation of church and state issue. If there is one, they didn't even say it that way. So that was another big ruling. Thanks for reminding me of that, John. So the last week is always yeah, there's uh, been a lot. In, a lot goes on the last week of the Supreme Court sessions. So um, I wanted to review that just a little bit, but I want to talk a little bit about that uh, reversal of Roe versus Wade. For those of us who are pro-life and are Christians, this is a, a favorable ruling, but the battle has just begun. Mm -hmm. Would you agree, Stacey? Oh, yeah, well, it is. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's, I would say it's a different. Yes, exactly. Maybe it is the uh, end of one, but it's certainly not the end of uh, if there maybe if, if there's a war, let's call it a war. Maybe the end of one battle, but the beginning of another for sure. The controversy has not will not subside. Oh, yeah, That's yeah. the point. Yeah. So when this ruling was made, it simply returned it back to the states mm -hmm. to make their rules because it's they couldn't find anything in the Constitution to hang their hat on. Th this ruling has been mm -hmm. wrongly decided from its inception, mm -hmm. and that's what they said. Mm -hmm. Those of us who were old enough to remember 1973 <laughs> and it happened, I told you last week that my wife and I were both pro-choice at mm -hmm. the time. Yeah. And we weren't even married yet, so when we did get married, we were pro-choice people. And we weren't we weren't following Christ. We weren't following his edicts. We mm -hmm. weren't surrendered to him. We didn't uh, given our lives over to him to follow him and obey him. So um, we've had uh, almost 50 years, 49 years of some people think there's a right to an abortion, and I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know how to, how to bring it to you. <laughs> there is no right to be able to kill with the exception of capital punishment. And even then... Our pro-life friends, the Catholics, are, as a, an institution, mm -hmm. are against capital punishment. Mm -hmm. Although I don't know why necessarily, but that's the case. I, I, I'm just a fact bearer. I'm not here. To, <laughs> I'm not here to dispute whether that's right or wrong for the Catholics. But the point I'm trying to make then is, as followers of Christ, we should revert to the Scripture to, fi to find out what we should and shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. And God is a God of life. Mm repeatedly throughout the scriptures uh, choose life it's mm -hmm. put in front of the people mm -hmm. this day so serve what you will but choose life mm -hmm. well I don't know how you can not choose life then and uh, mm -hmm. you can't mix these two events they are we know all of us who had any biology know what happens at conception or <laughs> fertilization or whatever you want to call that process we all know that when we watched uh, a pregnant puppy or a pregnant cat, we, we know how this happened. <laughs> yes. And we know that birth is a natural process of that unless something malformation, some, something happens. So we know what causes life, but if you don't want to 
acknowledge that, you have to go through some mental hoops to, in my view, to, to hold on to a, a position, in my view, that's quite, I'll call it, an, it's not a good word, schizophrenic. It's, it, it's trying to hold on to two positions mm -hmm. that are not compatible. Mm -hmm. For instance, it's state law here in Texas. If uh, I should happen to be inebriated, it's not going to happen, but if I should happen to be inebriated <laughs> and I'm driving, and I plow into a car and the mother, expectant mother, is carrying a child mm -hmm. and they both are killed as a result of my negligence or my whatever it is, I'm going to go down for two counts. Mm -hmm. If if you, nobody's protesting that, mm -hmm. and I don't understand that if you're going to hold on to this other position. Mm -hmm. If that's going down for two counts of either negligent homicide or murder, if you pull a gun on this woman and do both of them, you go down for two. Mm -hmm. So it, it's hard for me to grasp yeah. how, how we can hold on to these two positions at the same time because they're incompatible, in my view. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it, I, not to... It's a, it's a really a great segue into also the book of Esther, which is what we covered in, I mean, in Nehemiah and Esther this week. But uh, really, the book of Esther, because, you know, in the book, of course, you have uh, God by name is not mentioned at all, actually. Um, but boy, do you see a lot of politics happening. You see a lot of, you see, um, I mean, at one point, you, you're almost astounded at how, really wicked the plan and the scheme was to wipe out an entire people, women, children, just kill them all. I mean, it, Haman, the uh, the enemy, I guess, the, the antagonist yeah. in the story. And it is, a, it is a woman. I mean, it is Esther. It is one of the only two women uh, that a book is named after in the whole Bible. And, and, I mean, when it does come to life and to giving birth and to, you know, just by default, so much, of course, of, of this is, is about women and a woman and, and our kind of role and place in the process of life and giving birth and, um, and being, uh, even in a place of power and position while at the same time having to serve and be humble about that. And I think Esther's just a beautiful, book um, and story that that in a way kind of touches on all of these things I mean when you when you kind of read it especially from the perspective of a you know of a woman um, and read it and and a mom and uh, it and it's it's uh, yes it's, I think there's a lot to be said um, and I think with with you know with God not even being mentioned by name his presence though is everywhere and we have so much that we can take and learn from it even I mean personally and and even politically um, you know I, I think I always think that uh, what God uh, you know meant for evil I mean <laughs> sorry what 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 Satan has meant for evil God has turned and, and, and made it into good and um, and that was definitely the story of course and and Esther and I think that you know, for his people and those that are seeking him and even in our political battles and entanglements and things that we think when, when we really see something that golly is just so evil or perceived or believed to be some, he will, he, he will turn it and he can use his people and, and make good come from it. 
Um, and I don't know if that's where we are right now or what kind of, but I think I, our call is to be faithful, to be brave, to be, um, you know, for such a time as this, for each of us in our own stories, in our own place, wherever we are in life, for such a time as this, God has a, a purpose for you where you are. And, um, and I, I don't know. So it's, it's a great, um, it's interesting. It's, it's neat to see it kind of playing out in, in real life in a way, this, uh, story. Let's talk a little bit about Esther. Okay. Um, she also had another name. Yes. Uh, I can't remember it though. Hadassah. <laughs> That's right. I did and, know that. And is so, that one of the quiz questions? Are I don't know if it is or not. I've overlooked it. <laughs> if it is, I was just uh, struck by it because I don't, do you know, Joe Lieberman, right? Ah, uh, yes. His wife's name is. Is it Hadassah? Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. So when I saw the name, I thought, well, Joe, good for you. How come you don't call her Esther? (laughs) (laughs) So what's the relationship between Esther and Mordecai? Uncle. Right? Isn't isn't Mordecai Esther's? Cousin. Cousin. (gasps) His, His uncle and her father. Okay. And what else do we know about Esther? Why is Mordecai involved in this relationship with, with Esther? What, what is his relationship other than being related by being a cousin? What, what has he been doing with Esther all of these years, however many it is? I do know that they were not a group that went back to uh, Jerusalem for, for out of exile. So they, must have, they were exiled, and they were not with a group that returned. Um, so what was uh, what was Mordecai's position at the palace? Position with with Esther with, because her her uh, keeper. I mean her father and not uh, really, but fa- he was right. her father. Right. Image. Mm-hmm. He was providing that because Esther was orphaned. Right. Yes. We don't know anything about the story right. except she was orphaned. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say that word. In Would the he Bible. have been her? Kinsman redeemer, then kind of thing, or I, I think you could, or make a that stretch. would that be a marriage? A kinsman redeemer is is a marriage. I, I think, think you're probably right. Some, okay. But he was providing a role as an older brother or a father mm-hmm, figure or mm-hmm. something. He was a protector of right. her, yeah, as his cousin. Mm-hmm. But their relationship to their ethnic group was not known within the kingdom, mm-hmm. and Mordecai had told her. Don't disclose this because let's go back a little bit here. What happened? The storyline opens up in, in Esther where the king has had a year long. Beauty celebra- pageant? Well, no, before that, he had <laughs> oh, a year long right. uh, parade, so to speak, of how great he is. Yes, this king liked to drink a lot. Uh, so he's somebody. So they had a week long uh, feast after this year long, whatever it was. And at the end of that, when the king had probably had too much to drink as well as many others, mm-hmm. uh, he summoned the queen, Vashti, and for whatever reason, she refused. Yeah, I always kind of kudos to Vashti. <laughs> I always, she's so she had what we would call, I, I, I can't use that word I was going to think of. It. Uh, she had uh, guts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, too. Yeah. So... The fact that she refused caused a little controversy. Mm-hmm. So the king's advisors, his eunuchs and his friends and whatever, said, wait a minute, you can't let her get away with that. 
because now all the men in the kingdom mm -hmm. are going to go, ho, oh, 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 but this has got to be dealt with. So what should we do was his question, kind of. Well, you got to banish her forever. <laughs> this king, and the king's like, yeah, sure, okay. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. So <laughs> they gave him another opportunity. So you know, we'll pick a new queen. We'll have a beauty contest from all of the 127 wow. provinces. All of these officials have to send the most beautiful girl from their province. Mm -hmm. And Esther, apparently, um, won. Was, won this contest. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> so she ended up uh, being brought to the king's harem. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that means other, other than what we think about it. Mm -hmm. um, but she was, she was put under the um, care of Haggai, Mm -hmm. who was one of the king's eunuchs. And they, we were in a year-long process of beautification, six months of this and six months of that, and then they were finally, whatever, contestant number one, you're good to go and <laughs> see the so. king. Right. <laughs> and uh, the king was favorably impressed mm -hmm. with Esther. And um, she was favorably imp impressive to Haggai, who took a... Mm -hmm. uh, took a, a special note of her mm -hmm. and provided her seven attendants, females. Mm -hmm. And so he elevated them and put them in the most prominent place in the harem uh, uh, so he could take care of them and uh, see to it that their needs were met. And when she was summoned to the king, she could take whatever she wanted. But she didn't ask for anything. She did. She referred to Hey guy, so what right. should I what should I take? Yeah, and what it doesn't say what she took, uh -huh. but whatever advice he gave her, that's yeah. what she did. Uh -huh. Seemed to work. Mm -hmm. That's very wise. So very then smart. they were returned after this time with the king. They were returned to a different harem, a second harem that had a different eunuch in charge of it, and so this process was ongoing. I don't know how many visits or any of that doesn't tell us. But in the meantime, Mordecai got on the somebody's bad list. He refused to pay homage to Haman. Mm -hmm. He didn't bow. He didn't do any, whatever it was. He was supposed to flick his hat. I don't know what he was supposed to do, but he didn't do it, and he <laughs> wouldn't do it, and people noticed it, and he said, I'm not doing that. Oh, well, there you go. So is this a... Colin Kaepernick deal or what do you I, I don't know you, you're just going to really show it I'm, I'm, I'm not doing that okay that probably is going to cost you a little bit so Haman devises a plan so do you want to go through that plan what you remember of it uh, what what was what do you recall the plan that he was uh, imposing well it, uh, he wanted to ultimately I, I guess he wanted did it start with him wanting to get um Mordecai to bow to him, to force him to bow, and then that did not work out because the king had a dream, and well, he or was, was he going to just 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 went straight to the destroy them? He was so filled with wrath mm -hmm. that Mordecai would not show him homage mm -hmm. that he devised a plan to annihilate the Jews throughout okay. the the kingdom. Right. And that just absolutely, it, it, it does kind of make you wonder, wow, I mean, what kind of 
hatred? What kind of a how 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 much how much either one did you really have to drink, or how much two did you do you really just have such little regard for people and humans and life and Maybe that was the time that they lived in. Maybe that was sort of a normal thing. It's just your enemies or whoever you tend to just not like, just have them destroyed. Um, maybe he had been looking for an opportunity anyway because it was an exiled people group, and perhaps he saw them as not really a part of who you know their people. I don't know, but it read very e- especially evil this time around for some reason to me but yeah i'm reminded of this uh thing with daniel mm-hmm. yeah very similar uh, daniel was the number two guy in the kingdom right and uh, his fellow satraps didn't like that because he wasn't one of them and he was in charge of them right so he they went about creating a plan that the king would sign off on Mm -hmm. that is going to ultimately uh, result in Daniel's death Mm -hmm. because the king is going to issue an edict Mm -hmm. that he can't change because Mm -hmm. of the law of the Medes and Persians, whatever Mm -hmm. the king says, that's it. Okay, we'll we'll talk about that a little later. Really, yeah. So because there was another... Mm -hmm. So Mordecai got a chance to Mm -hmm. make an addendum to the rule that Haman devised this plan and put it in front of the king. He said, oh, these people, he didn't tell them, I don't know if he told them they were Jews at that time or not, but these people, they don't respect you, they don't follow your laws, da 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 So here's what you need to do. Let them be killed in all the provinces on the 13th day, one year from today. Mm-hmm. And he got Thir- that date by throwing by the purr. Appar- <laughs> yeah, apparently so. But it was the 13th month, mm-hmm. the 13th day of the month, 12 months later in the month of Adar, that's when this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So the, they had a year to prepare, and the Jews knew about it for a year. But they didn't, until the plot that develops that we're going to talk about mm-hmm. in just a little bit, uh, until that plot developed and Haman was deposed unceremoniously, uh, <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about how he met his demise. Mm-hmm. So uh, give me an, an idea how much time I need to kill here, John. <laughs> Kill is probably not the <laughs> best word choice here. Maybe it is. Um, I'm always amazed at how many times in Scripture um, God, people plot to kill God's people. Um, I mean, you think of uh, the Pharaoh and Moses, the babies. Um, you Let's see again, I guess, with Haman. And these are specific plots to kill um, and you think of, I guess, Herod when Jesus and the and the babies then. So all the um, two-year-old males mm-hmm. were wiped out. It's just, uh, it's pretty, it's, it does seem like that's a recurring theme, the wanting to destroy and to, to kill, uh, especially, and, and yeah, I think it seems most brutal when you, when it's with the women and the children. Um, and that is what Haman wanted, wanted to do. And God, not mentioned by name, but just so beautifully through the circumstances and through the courage of his people. Um, not even in, I mean, this is, this is in Persia. This is in the capital. What is it? Sir? What's the, the Susa. Susa, right? Sure. Susa, capital of Persia. Um, God's working to, to preserve, um, his people. And I think it's, it's a, it's a beautiful, sweet reminder that even no matter, even how, how, wicked and how 
specific. This isn't even a passive sort of roundabout way. They, he's actively wanting to just... So, and, so this, is, this is replete throughout the Old Testament, right, yeah. but even in modern times, we've got, we've got World War II, Hitler, right. attempt to annihilate yes, the Jews, that's right. the Russian oh. Empire, Soviet Union, uh, gulags. Uh, it, there is no shortage of opportunities for the Jews to be uh, persecuted or attempted to be annihilated. Mm. The day they declared their freedom and independence in 1948, they were attacked by five Arab countries immediately mm, mm. and once again god prevailed mm-hmm, even mm-hmm. if they don't believe that right well and then even and even on the larger though the people of i mean god's people in the the large is the uh israel sense the whole of god's people um like at, i mean christians around the world um yeah it is uh, and and that i guess maybe we can have that assurance that blessed assurance that he is working to protect and to preserve. And uh, and yet, and you know, I've always, I think probably one of the most con- uh, well-known verses in Esther is that uh, if I perish, I perish. And I, I think that's also, you know, we can, we can go through life with that mentality. We can know that God is for us. He's not against us. He loves us. He has actively throughout history been working to... Um, preserve us as a remnant as a people group as his people um but we can we can also have that just confidence that you know and and if i perish i perish and that's his purpose and that's his uh that's where he is going to most use me um, oh there's there's the music oh good john <laughs> all right so stick with us we'll uh, we'll be back in just a moment and uh, give us a call 210-340-9585 and uh, chime in. I haven't read any questions yet, but I will. Listening to the Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Dr. Stan Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the Dollar family that's Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. All beautiful for spacious skies, for amber waves of grain. For purple mountains, majesties, humble fruit and
patriotism swells in the heart of the American bear. That's right. You're listening to AM 930. KSLR, excuse me, AM 630 KSLR. And uh, we've got Al and and uh, Soapy's daughter, Stacy, filling in today for Soapy, who's away from the studio. Hey, uh, we want you to be a part of the show, uh, an active part. You can do your part by calling in any questions, any stories, any kind of comments you have. 210 340 210-340-9585. And just want to say we wish all of you a very happy and safe Independence Day tomorrow. Take care of yourselves and uh, have a great day. And I'm going to throw it right back to our hosts. So I heard you on the phone. Did you have somebody waiting for us? I sure did. We have Don. Don is on line one. Well, Don, what is it that you'd like to offer as a suggestion or an answer to a question I haven't asked? <laughs> well, it's, it's uh, uh, great to hear from you all and, and uh, to listen to your program. And it's interesting when you were talking about Esther and, and what she went through and then brought in Daniel. And, and I was thinking also Joseph went through the same thing. Absolutely but uh, right. I, was also, I was also thinking they were all put into, into a place, in a, into a particular position, and they all came to a point of crisis that, that God really, they did not really know what God was using them for, but then God revealed it. And I'm kind of noticing that in my life, and, and I think other Christians may be too, that we're in a position now that, I hate to say it, but I think we may be the remnant of Christians in mm-hmm. here. Are, are, and, uh, and, and, and I've noticed also in my life when I'm willing to uh, uh, take that stand now, I, I see the Lord work. He's, he's, uh, he's uh, honoring that stand. And uh, I, I go to this Bible study, and uh, it's really a great Bible study, men's Bible study. But I remember this verse this week in John uh, Three uh, thirteen seventeen, I believe, is the verse where it says uh, God's telling them, He's told them what to believe and how to believe, and He says, "When you know these things, it's not the knowing these things, but when you know them, you're blessed when you do them, and when you step out in in God's word and do these things, that's when you're blessed and see people saved." And uh, uh, that just really encourages me to uh, to hear programs like this and to, to hear y'all speak. Well, thanks, Don. Thanks for your kind words. I wanted to. Uh, chime in a little bit to follow up on that. So Joseph was elevated to the number two position in Egypt. Daniel was elevated to the number two position under Nebuchadnezzar. And now we have uh, Esther has become the queen. And we'll find out a little later that Mordecai gets elevated to the number two position under the king. So it looks like with the high uh, level of leadership, we have become a target for uh, Satan's ploys. It, we're always uh, vulnerable to that, but especially as we advance in prominence, if you will, in, in government circles, we are under more awareness of the, the devil's wiles, and he prides himself, I think, in taking us down as um, our testimony can be uh, how do I want to say that? It, it can be besmirched mm-hmm. because of things that we allow in our lives and we get off track. So um, I want to ask a couple of questions and see if we can generate an, a little bit more. Uh, Is Don still on the. Don, thank you so much. Are you still on? Okay. 
I'm still here. Oh, I'm, yes. I'm sorry. I assumed. <laughs> no, that's okay. I didn't mean to cut you off. I thought that you'd probably hung up. I, I, no, no, I, I'm hanging I'm hanging up now. Oh, I don't no. have anything else to say. That's okay, really thank you. Down. Yeah, that's a great, uh, and it is encouraging that, you know, even if we are a remnant and wherever God has placed us, yeah, and he is, he's, I, I don't think that anything is an accident that, um, he, and you might think, oh, why am I here? Or <laughs> this seems so insignificant, but he, he does. He has a plan and a purpose and he is working all things together for good for those who call according to his purpose. What were you going to? Well, he's always working with a minority, mm-hmm. remnant or a minority. Mm-hmm. This is not a, everybody's uh, going to be on our team. Right. We are always going to be subject to ridicule when they say that. Uh, mm-hmm. if we take a stand for Christ. Um, the, world, the world is unhappy with Christians. <laughs> That's, I guess, a mild way of putting it. They, they find the strictures of the scriptures to be problematic. They, I have to, I can't, I, what, I ha- I'm not in charge of my own self here you can't tell me what to do Mm. well wait a minute did you get redeemed did you get rescued did you get purchased did you Mm. and and you want to just continue running your own life like he didn't do Mm. that Mm -hmm. so i'm of the mind that ultimately if this nation doesn't turn dramatically fairly rapidly we are all going to be persecuted as christians and chased Mm. i hope the day comes where if it comes that I can remain as faithful as guys like Stephen mm-hmm. or Daniel mm-hmm. or Joseph mm-hmm. or Esther or Mordecai or whoever it is in the face of adversity say you know what I'm like Jesus <laughs> I, I, I'm not uh, going to bow the knee mm-hmm. because I, I can't it's bowing to the wrong person mm-hmm. I only do that to Jesus mm-hmm. and so I pray for that uh, tenacity that temerity, that uh, strength to be able to continue to say no to that kind of Mm -hmm. persecution if and when it comes. Mm -hmm. We don't know anything about persecution in the United States. Nothing. Nothing. No matter what's happened to a Christian, it doesn't even (laughs) pales and compares. Compared to what's going on every day around the world Mm -hmm. in especially uh, Muslim-dominated countries. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's, it's, It's vile. It's just like this story of Esther. And for these Christians in places like Myanmar and uh, mm-hmm. even parts of India where the, the Hindus are very, very vocal and, and uh, they have a lot of animus. Mm. Places in Nigeria and, and uh, a country where my mother used to be a missionary. It's, now, mm. it's called Upper Volta. Today it's Burkina Faso. And uh, there's all kinds of killings going on uh, for Christians. So let me read a couple of questions. Okay. All right. Yes. Okay, so, um, why did Haman hate Mordecai and the Jews so much? Mm. So uh, we have a little story, and I think if you go to chapter three of Esther and verses two through five, you might be able to come up with the answer for that one. And so we also have um, how or what did Haman win? Uh, King Xerxes' permission to do. In other words, he devised this plot and he ran it by the king and he got the king's permission to do what? That's in uh, chapter 3, verse 9. So uh, there's another uh, 
question that follows kind of uh, after this uh, scenario, this plot that's uncovered, Esther has to go in front of the king in order to plead the case for her and her people. But in order to do so, she has to violate the law. Mm. It's unlawful for anyone to present themselves to the king. They have to be summoned. And her cousin Mordecai uh, informed her, well, it may be at such a time as this that you've been placed in this position as queen. So the question I was going to ask then is, anyone who went uninvited to the emperor's inner court was killed unless the king did what? Hmm. That's in chapter 4, verse 11. So I'll let you mull those over, and please ring them up. Yeah, do we, we have anything for anybody that calls in? We do, and I don't have it in my presence. It's a military challenge study Bible is the oh, best I can describe neat. it without having reading it off the cover. <laughs> right. It's, That's a great for the July 4th yeah, weekend. Yeah, uh, And you don't have to be military to, to win it, and... Uh, you don't have to do much to win it, except call, because yeah. I, don't, I can't give it to you if I don't know where to send it. <laughs> there we go. So when you call, if you call, uh, John will take your information, and he'll let me know, and so we can have that interaction, and you can give me the answer. And based on Soapy's style... I'm going to get you to win no matter what it takes. <laughs> That's right. Well, this is a very easy quiz show. <laughs> we have lots of hints. And the reference. So, okay, what were those questions? One more time. One there are three time. questions, right? Let me see if I can find them again. Why did Haman hate Mordecai and the Jews so much? Okay. What prompted his hatred? Second is, what did Haman win King Xerxes' permission to do? Just as an aside depending on what translation you're reading, you might have King Ahasuerus, which is the name of King Xerxes in Hebrew. The Xerxes name is is a Greek name for him. Same individual. So don't get confused and don't claim that the Bible doesn't know what it's talking (laughs) about. It's the same guy. So um, the third question is, anyone who went uninvited to the emperor's uh, inner court was killed unless the king did what? What did the king have to do to spare this person who was uninvited. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, thank you. Right. So those are the <laughs> I don't, for some reason, that last question especially, well, really the whole book does really, really every book in the Bible, it seems like, does give me such an appreciation for, um, for what our founding fathers did with our uh, system of government. Um, I'm always, and maybe just on this July 4th weekend, uh, just a, another reminder, you know, we, we do, we talk about this nation and this country and the current state that we're in and, you know, rights and, uh, and then, and then, and as far as just the moral health of it and speaking of Christianity and Christians, um, you know, that's all kind of in the mix and, and we can sometimes, I think, feel really discouraged one day and then really encouraged the next day, right? It feels like these, it's a lot of back and forth. Um, but when, you know, when you. When we, maybe just because of this weekend and maybe because, you know, you read things like this with Xerxes as a king and as an evil, such a whimsical king who seems to be, you know, probably pretty selfish, never hears things he doesn't like to hear because he never lets people come in front of him that he doesn't want in front of him. He is partying. He uh, gets, you know, he has two harems. Uh, He's 
And that's that's what they had. And that was their system of government. And, uh, and you know, we can be pretty down on ours sometimes, but we, we really have a really brilliant um, the three branches, the checks and balances, a legislative, a voice, uh, local government all the way up to the federal. And I mean, we, we, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I am grateful. I'm grateful this day for what we have. And maybe it's an encouragement to, to be a part of it. You know, we, the people, we do have a voice and, uh, Esther, you know, was practicing, she didn't know it, but at that time she was practicing a We the People Declaration of Independence there. <laughs> and um, At her uh, own peril. At her, yes, and as we did actually as well. And That's um, right. The 56 signers of the Declaration mm-hmm. knew that their life was... That was it. That they, was it. Mm-hmm. They'd already given up mm-hmm. their, their life. They were going to fight for their life. Right. Give and, me liberty or give me death. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Anyway, I just quick little aside there. Well, let's see if we can delve into a little bit more of this plot yes, okay. that uh, that Haman had devised. Uh, we haven't had anybody call in and tell me why he was so angry. <laughs> so I guess I'm going to have to spill it or how long well, do I have to wait? Well, right. I, and I don't know if this is... Um, I do remember, let's see, Haman was a descendant of... And I don't know if this is... Is this the answer to it or is this maybe... Uh, no, it's not the answer. Okay, Haman was an Agagite, right? Uh, which is a descendant of King Agag, who was an Amalekite, who was historically enemies of Israel. And it was Saul, God had commanded Saul to destroy them in that battle. It was a battle, and, to, and Saul did not. Oh, he remember? did. Remember when Samuel came? Oh, but but I did. I <laughs> saved the best uh, right, sacrifice right. to your God. Uh-huh. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. As excuses. But, uh, yeah, Saul, and it does, you know, it, and it, sometimes we do think, oh, well, this one little small thing, this one little, it's not going to be, you know, it's yeah. going to be fine. It won't. And look at years later, Haman is a descendant of that people that God had told Saul to destroy. And if he had... Maybe Haman would not have it, and and God still provides. He still preserves and finds a way through this. But uh, you wonder if Saul had obeyed God back then, would this have even had to have been? Would this have been an issue? I'm, I'm always amazed when I recall that that story of of Samuel going to Saul and saying, "I, I thought uh, I thought you were supposed to destroy everything." Mm-hmm. Oh well, but I I, I did. But but the people. The people wanted to save the best as a right. sacrifice to your Saul. Lord. Poor Saul. Oh, and Saul. so, of course, it wasn't me. It was the, it was the people. Uh. So uh, at that time, that's when Saul's kingdom was wrenched from him yeah. at that moment. Mm. Now, he was still king for another at least 25 years right. because David, very shortly thereafter, was appointed king by Samuel. And didn't take the throne because he was being hunted by Saul mm-hmm. for 25 years or whatever. So um, this this evil that lurked in Haman's heart was prompted by something, and I won't give the answer to that just yet. Oh, sure. Okay, right. <laughs> but, now I know the answer, though. <laughs> <laughs> but at any rate, uh, he got permission. That's another question. Oh, I'm going to just have to spill the beans, and you guys are I'll give you a Bible <laughs> if you call, call it. Anyway. Yeah. So um, he uh, 
he got permission from the king to annihilate the Jews throughout the kingdom, 127 provinces, from India to Ethiopia. Wow. A huge That's interesting. swath of land. Okay. So each of these provinces had a governor, and they had officials, and they had satraps. I'm not sure what those are. You can look it up. Google it. <laughs> Whatever they are, they're officials. And so the, the decree that Haman constructed that the king agreed to and gave him his signet ring because that's how it was sealed mm -hmm. to give proof that the king had okayed it. Mm -hmm. was, this was a Pony Express par excellence. They went to all 127 <laughs> provinces on horseback with this decree so that all of the people would know that one year from now we're going to annihilate the Jews. Well, that was found out by a guy by the name of Mordecai. <laughs> and he said to Esther... Um, Had they done that? As a, sorry. I'm just, as a way to kind of give the people a head start if they wanted to leave, you think? or I, I don't think so. But, I, I, mean, I, I, I don't know the answer. Right. I, I just know that when he did it, it's a year later. You, we're yeah, going to let you suffer in your, in your thinking that you're going to get mm -hmm. killed you got 365 days, or actually right. that's not quite correct on the Jewish calendar, but roughly a year uh, to think about this. Every day it's getting closer. On the 13th of Adar, mm -hmm. you're going to get wiped out. Mm -hmm. So Seems that so pressure is building on them every day mm -hmm. that our demise is coming. Mm -hmm. And so every day, I'm not sure what, why they were throwing the lots and the pur and the whatever. I don't know what they were trying to accomplish with that because they'd already declared that the 13th of Adar, one year later, is when this event's going to happen. Everywhere in the kingdom, they're all going to annihilate all of the Jews everywhere. Okay. So um, the king bought off on it. He didn't think much more about it. And then Mordecai finds out about this, and he tells Esther, look, you got to go to the king. You've got to go and plead our case. you got to plead your case because you're the queen and you plead your case and us, and if you don't, don't think that you're going to get away with it, we're all going to be annihilated, and you will be too, uh -huh. if you don't go to him. Well, you know what I thought was also, though, kind of interesting? I mean, yes, that uh, doesn't he also say God will find a way to preserve us? Even if you don't, Even if he's going to... He's going yeah. to find a way. Yeah. And I thought that was really an interesting... So it's, in a way kind of put to Esther sort of you can play a part in this and you can see God's hand you can be a part of God saving you know his people or he's going to save us anyway but you won't get to play a part in a a kind of a a, a, a Christian perspective it's kind of that carnal Christian versus the active engaged surrendered Christian um God's going to make it happen. He is going to work. He is going to bring about his will. And we get to either be a part of that when we're walking with him, when we're abiding by his word, when we're we're going to be a part of that story. We get to be, or, you know, or, or we don't get to. Um, if we're, um, you know, distracted or if we're seeking after other things. And, uh, and I think that's a neat kind of a, it's, it's an encouraging way to look at it, um, to get to be a part of what God's doing. And that's how I think Esther saw it. <laughs> so um, 
Let's see if we can get another question out there. I didn't get much response from that. Does it mean that nobody's listening? <laughs> you got to let us know you're listening. Um, I hope not. <laughs> I hope not, too. <laughs> but you don't know unless you don't, if you don't call. <laughs> so I am an Agagite and a Malachite, oh. second in power in Babylon, who has come to hate the Jews. Who am I? Mm, I think that that's, we, there have been several hints on that one. I we think can we've already that. talked about that. But uh, this is found in a place by the, by the location of chapter 3, verse 1 of Esther. So, um, And don't forget, 340-9585. Exactly. And now the phone is not ringing. <laughs> <laughs> I've got people out there listening. I, I know that. <laughs> we plant, where, are the, where are our planters? <laughs> because, yeah, because I told them this morning that uh, this was going to happen. <laughs> Don't make it a monologue. Please call in, rescue That me. one's a fun one. I like that last question. I'm an Agagite, a descendant of King Agag of the Amalekites. Who am I? Y'all know this. So how did, uh, how did Mordecai save uh, Xerxes or Ahasuerus' life? What, th- there was a plot. How did he, how did he do that? So, um, Is that a, the next question? That's another question. Okay. Chapter 2, verse 21. Uh, Mordecai is at a certain location, and he he saves the king's life. Because he, he spills the plot, tells Esther, and Esther tells the king, and his life is uh, rescued. And isn't that a, a neat thing? Because in a way, you'd think that that is, a, 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 what's the word? It um, goes against his own interest. That is not, why would Mordecai, in a way, want to save this king who's, so fickle and ready to so easily destroy his entire people. And yet he has, and he's loyal to the king that he has said he would serve. And he, I guess, sees evil as evil and, and murder is no, never good, even if it's seemingly kind of the murder of your enemy. Um, yeah, at this point, Mordecai hadn't, uh, Haman hadn't developed his plot yet. Yet, so, okay. So Mordecai is... Doesn't know that the king has this in, so, okay. Yeah, he, he doesn't know that his life is going to be in jeopardy. Right, Because okay. of Haman has not portrayed this thing out. But he overhears okay. something. Okay, okay. that's a question that somebody should answer. Okay. So uh, how about this one? How did Esther become queen of Persia? Here's a Jewish girl, teenager likely, uh, in a being exiled from Israel mm-hmm. to what used to be Babylon. Now it's Persia. So she had been born in, in exile, she, right? She, um, yeah, she mm-hmm. was not born back in Israel. Even her parents had probably been born in exile. And this, right? We don't know that, but right. it's possible. Yeah. Okay. So the whole point is, uh, what, you know, what, how did she become queen? Come on, how, how does that happen? <laughs> it just that's out of the blue, right? Well, it's a pretty good story. So... Um, that would be found in chapter 2, verses 3, and uh, up through 15. So um, if you're interested in maybe just responding, even without this wonderful prize that we're willing to give you, <laughs> just call in and talk to John, and we'll get you on. <laughs> so what do you got, Stace? Well, let's see. I always think, um, Esther, just as far as... Wh- Oh, well, this is very, a little bit, off, this is really off topic, but I'm pretty sure. Have you ever been to, um, where is it? And they do the, in Branson, right? In Missouri? I have and not. they, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. So, yeah. I've yep. had, 
have a good friend uh, from our church that last summer they went and saw and said it was just spectacular. And they, it was, it's, what is it called? Um, I can't remember. It's on my bucket list, but I don't yes. know. Yes. And so they do a musical of, of yeah. Esther and it's a live production and it's just, so if you've seen that, I'm curious about that. Call in and tell us about it. I know they did the book of Esther. They went and saw the story of Esther and it is an remarkable just story. Um, anyway. Okay. We're getting ready to take off here, right, John? So, uh, Come back and bye. We'll be back shortly. We saw an angel working on the chariot wheel. Zeke wasn't so particular about the chariot wheel. Just wanted to see how the chariot wheel. Why don't you swing down the chariot stopping? Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. This is John Harrison welcoming you back to the Bible Live. That's Kate Smith right there. I want to wish you a very happy and safe Independence Day. Just uh, it's a, it's a great it's a great time of year to just uh, you know give thanks for all, all the liberty and freedom that we have received from both our government, but more importantly from our Heavenly Father. And uh, we have Robin on hold, and we'll get to her in just a minute. But, but you can uh, you can do exactly what Robbie did, call in and be a part of the show. 210-340-9585. Again, that's 210-340-9585. Now let's get back to Al and Stacy and more of the Bible Live Quiz Show. <laughs> okay, Robin. Uh, let's see if we can get her on. Uh, thanks for your call. Which uh, question is or questions did you want to answer, if any, or did you just want to chat? Oh, no, that was I was actually going to ask you all to ask three different questions. I didn't know which one they were asking the most recently, but I think it's for why did uh, why did Mordecai refuse to kneel down to Haman? I think was one of them. They may have already answered it. No, that's the answer because that's why Haman hated Mordecai. And, oh, yeah. and the yeah. Jews. And so that was right, because he refused to bow and pay homage to Haman, who was the number two official in the kingdom, right under the king. Great. So, John, we do. We have, we have her information to get in touch with her. Okay. Well, and it's Robin and Todd. I have to give uh, credit to my husband, too. We were looking oh, at that. Uh, that's neat. That's great. Hi, Todd. 
Hey, we're enjoying the job, Todd. Show. You're thanks. doing a great job. Well, thanks. You're very kind. I'll pretend I didn't have to get a big head over that. But <laughs> thanks for calling and thanks for responding. Okay. And uh, so we have your phone number. We'll give you a call and get you that Bible because it's uh, yeah, it's exciting. It's always fun to get a, a yeah. new book, new of God's word, especially to a military guy like Todd. That's right. Yeah. Oh, is that is that is that yeah. Doctor Howell? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> oh, there's a friend of the show. Oh, it's Doctor Howell. Yes. Um, so we know. Okay. Yes. Thank you for calling, and that's great. So um, we got a lot to cover here, and we got one section, one session to do it. This last session. So the uh, plot that Haman put together, that the king signed off on, was to annihilate the Jews one year after this edict was promulgated. And so in the meantime, uh, Mordecai and her, his cousin, Queen now, Esther, um, takes a big chance. What was that chance that she took when she approached the king? You remember, Stacy? What, what was the one of the questions? But um, she came into the presence, the courtyard, yeah. and he saw her. And she wasn't invited, so mm-hmm. she knew she could be in trouble. She'd already said, "You guys have yeah. to, you have to fast and pray for three days before I even think about going and mm-hmm. doing this." Mm-hmm. So, what did he do to break right. the ice? Well, and I think that this, uh, what is so uh, interesting, there was no. Uh, it's not as if she was able to plead her case or anything. She literally just had to be seen, <laughs> and that was all. And he needed. Am I okay to go ahead and answer? Yeah, you can go ahead. Yes, if he needed to extend his scepter, extend the rod or a scepter to her, and um, and if she and if he did, then she was safe and okay to proceed and to continue into his presence. And uh, but if not, she would be killed. And um, I think that's pretty. You know, when it when it comes to. I think a lot of times we work through, at least I do, we go through life to never have to be in a situation like that. <laughs> I mean, in other words, seemingly completely without any kind of control, completely dependent on somebody else for something. She had, I mean, it was seemingly apart from how she could appear, I guess, And but who knows? I mean, he was so fickle as a king. Uh, I mean, he Vashti, I'm sure, was gorgeous. He had a harem of, I'm sure, beautiful women. But for whatever reason, um, you know, his heart was turned and sympathetic to her in that moment. And seemingly without, I mean, it was nothing that she did or didn't do to warrant that. And we uh, we do not like as humans to be in that situation, in that position, and uh, and that's what she walked into. Well, she took the risk, mm-hmm. and he extended the scepter, and so he said, uh, "So what is it, uh, Queen Esther? What, what do you what you got? What what you got?" <laughs> and she was smart. And she says, uh, "Oh, if it pleased the king," and she was all this, all the words that you read there in Esther. She <laughs> said, uh, "I I'd just kind of like to have a." A feast <laughs> for you. I'd like to throw a feast for you and Haman. Well, what do you think? He says, I think that's a great idea. I like parties, and I'll bring Haman, and we'll just have a great time. And so that happens the next day or the, whenever it is. And they have this feast, and she says, uh, again, 
he extends this, whatever you want, uh, you know, half mm -hmm. the kingdom. You, you asked for it, you got it. And she says, well, I'd like you and Haman to come to another feast. I'm mm -hmm. going to throw for you tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And then I will, she didn't say it, but that's when I'll tip my hand about what I want. Because she was playing out this yeah. scenario. She didn't want to risk right away getting her mm -hmm. head chopped off. <laughs> Even though he had extended the scepter, that didn't mean that she was home free. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So she was very cautious with her words. And uh, so the second banquet occurs. In the meantime, Haman okay. is just a little bit upset at Mordecai. And he tells his wife and he tells his friends and so they convince uh, Haman that between the first and second banquet that he ought to build a gallows and have Mordecai s strung up, hung up, whatever they do on the gallows. And so he has it built 50 cubits. We think that's about 75 feet high. That, that's a pretty, pretty good thing to hang somebody on. You'll see them for several blocks anyway, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So um, he's got this thing going on he's going to take care of Mordecai tomorrow and in the meantime now he's going to go to the they drag him off to this Deccan's feast and um, after the feast after the eating and whatever they're drinking again and the king says well Esther what's what is it you want I mean he said the second banquet that's not what you want what, what do you want mm -hmm. well if it pleased the king uh, We've got a serious problem here. Uh, my people are going to be killed, all of them, because of uh, an edict. And uh, the king is, who is this vile person that would kill all the Jews? <laughs> and Haman's going, uh-oh. <laughs> and <laughs> she says, in Haman and the king's presence, this, I don't know what word she used when she pointed at him, this vile piece of whatever, Evil. is the one who's done this. And the king is livid. Mm -hmm. I mean, he is, he gets up and goes out in the garden. He's hot. He is hot. Well, Haman knows that this is not going well. So he tries to uh, convince Queen Esther that he, his life ought to be spared or something. And he goes and approaches her, and it ends up that it looks like when King walks back in, that he's trying to ravage her on the couch. And he says, well, you got to be kidding me after what she just said, and now you're going to assault her besides in my presence? So uh, it turns out that the king has a, an idea. He remembers Mordecai, and he wants to honor him mm -hmm. because he couldn't go to sleep and he had the books read and the records and found out what do we do what do we do to honor Mordecai nothing well so he brings in Haman and says Haman didn't know this yet what what should what would you recommend that we do to if the king wants to honor somebody well Haman full of himself thinks he's going to be honored so he lays out what he thinks the king ought to do put him in robes and a crown and put him on the white horse and lead him around and make an announcement that this is what the king wants to do to someone who he wants to honor. Great idea. Get Mordecai and put him on the horse and <laughs> you lead him around. Ooh, that didn't sound good. So um, the plot has been laid now that it's Haman that's going to get 
oft, mm -hmm. not Mordecai, mm -hmm. which is a rather, rather turn of events, if you will. Yeah, a lot of plot <laughs> twists in the story <laughs> that, of Esther. That one, that was a big twister. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, um, and I think it really does what what uh, you know what you meant for evil, God meant for good, and that is uh, so much of you see that that turnabout in the story of Esther. And um, and seemingly, though, again, God is not by name mentioned at all. This is just um, his hand, though, and through the circumstances and through just everyday life and the decisions that we make. Um, you know, and, and I I think that that's also, it can be such a encouragement to believers that God is working. And we might sometimes want to just grab power or grab an an immediate sort of way of protecting ourselves. And I think we can, you know, rest assured that it, it's okay. God, even even the evil works and what people are scheming to do, um, he, he is at work. He, it will be thwarted, um, ultim especially ultimately. I always love, and sorry, this is a little bit of a, 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 of a segue, but um, not a segue. This is a... But but in Tolkien, Tolkien always uh, in the Lord of the Rings, they uh, he always does a great job of showing how oftentimes evil fights evil, that because they're grabbing for power, and if they and they're and it's and it's driven by jealousy and power hungry, and so if they're two different um, sects of evil, but that want the same power that oftentimes, you know, all good has to do is just kind of step out of the way and let evil destroy each other. And, um, and that happens in one of the battles and it's just a, and so it's kind of a neat thing to see. And Tolkien, you know, brings that up to light. And I, I think that's so, that's so true. And in, in some ways you kind of see it happening in the story of Esther and, um, and it's just an assurance to Christians. Um, sometimes, you know, it's okay. Just sort of step back, and God is working, and it's gonna, it's it's going to turn out okay. <laughs> well, so Haman gets uh, hung on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai, and I need to do something with my phone. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting a different kind of phone call. I they called it. the wrong number. No, it's a text from somebody that's important. <laughs> oh, oh, hey, a little bit. Hello, Soapy Dollar. <laughs> <laughs> so Soapy uh, asked this question, why was it important that Israel was preserved? Mm -hmm. And what was at stake? Sure. So now he's got to put uh, my thinking cap on and Stacy's thinking cap, but we got to get an answer. I think I can come up with one that's maybe pl plausible. It might not be an A answer, but it'll be a B answer. So why was it important that Israel be preserved? Uh, isn't, doesn't the Messiah have to come from the nation of Israel? That's right. And so what was at stake? The, the Messiah. <laughs> the Messiah could not, well, I shouldn't say it that way. God probably could have found a different way, but he didn't mm -hmm. because he promised to his people. Mm -hmm. So this whole issue of, of Esther and the people in, in captivity and ultimately being exiled and being able to go back. It was be to preserve uh, the people, 
the Jewish people and therefore the Messiah. So was uh, Jerusalem within those 172 counties? In other, in other words, so, but th- these were still the exiled people. So if they had been destroyed, that was not all of the, of the uh, you know, I mean. Uh, I think this would have encompassed all of the Jews. It would have. I, okay. I believe so. Because okay. that kingdom was the empire of the known world. Okay. I mean, I can't say that with authority. I wasn't there. <laughs> but the maps that I've seen, it's an right. extensive amount of geography. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know without another timeline that puts the Huns and the this and the right. that in Europe. But it would have encompassed that area of Israel. Mm-hmm. Okay. When they captured and took the exiles back and all that kind of stuff. So they would have, I, if not... 90 plus percent of the Jews, let's put it that way, yeah. in the world that were existent, in my view, mm-hmm. would have been annihilated. Mm-hmm. So it would have been rather daunting to fulfill all of those prophecies mm-hmm. that were still coming. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the, the trap is set uh, for Haman, and he's offed. Now Esther goes to the, the king and falls at his feet mm-hmm. and says... Um, pleaded with him to avert the evil plan. So far it hasn't been averted. It's still in existence. It's still the king had signed it, whatever, that it can't be changed, so right. to speak. And so when the king held out his golden scepter to Esther again, she rose and stood before the king and she said, if it please the king and if I found favor in his sight and if the thing seems right before the king and I am pleasing in his eyes, let an order be written to revoke the letters devised by Haman the Agagite, the son of Hamadatha, which he wrote to destroy the Jews who are in all the provinces of the king. So she continues, how can I bear to see the calamity that is coming upon my people? Or how can I bear to see the destruction of my kindred? Then King Ahasuerus said to Queen Esther and to Mordecai the Jew, behold, I have given Esther the house of Haman and they have hanged him on the gallows because he intended to lay hands on the Jews. But you may write as you please with regard to the Jews in the name of the king and seal it with the king's ring for an edict written in the name of the king and sealed with the king's ring cannot be revoked, Mm -hmm. but it can be amended. Mm -hmm. There's another, he didn't revoke it, but now they're able to defend themselves Mm -hmm. and they've got a full year to prepare and they've got permission to do exactly to their enemies is what they were going to be done to them. Mm -hmm. So that's the... I think it's an interesting thing, though, to get permission to defend yourself. (laughs) It's like, I think at that point, you don't really need permission to defend yourself. But, okay. I guess it meant that the king's men would not come against them ultimately. So if they're defending themselves, I guess if they, they felt like they were defending themselves only to ultimately be killed by the king's men anyway, then what kind of a defense is it? But I guess in this case... You they can defend yourself against the people, and the king's men will have your back. Is that I, I don't know if that how that plays out. All I know is that they were successful. Yeah, right. They, <laughs> they did destroyed all of themselves. the people that were going to destroy them. Yes. And ultimately, then uh, Mordecai is elevated to the number two position. Mm-hmm. He took Haman's position mm-hmm. after this. Mm-hmm. So the turn of events is so dramatic. Mm-hmm. Um, I was tempted. I, I didn't tell Sophie that I had left all of my notes that I prepared for this. Aww. And so I'm, I'm referring now only in memory of what I had prepared. But 
uh, Mordecai is uh, an example, I guess, if you will, of faithfulness. And he didn't have any idea that he was going to be elevated. Right. He was just doing what he knew to be right. Mm -hmm. He was he saved the king's life, but he, he didn't do it to be recognized. He right. didn't do it for a prize. He didn't do it for anything. He didn't, and the king didn't even meant didn't do anything about it mm -hmm. until he had this sleepless night. Mm -hmm. He's sleepless night, and he mm -hmm. says, "Look, uh, let's right. go through the books here and find out what to, what do we do for Mordecai? Nothing, nothing." So then he devises the plan for Haman to to do what uh, the king wants to do for someone he wants to honor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. great idea. So this uh, event that then happened the year later now became the opposite. So the Jews were able to defend themselves and they were successful. And this wonderful turn of events turns into what we now, the Jews, celebrate as Purim or Purim, mm -hmm. Purim, I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, it's P-U-R-I-M. The first three letters are taken from the pur or the lots that were thrown during this year of uh, preparation before the edict. And so they, the Jewish people to this day observe Purim and Passover as a memorial in forever. Mm -hmm. And so the story behind it is pretty impressive. And I don't know how many Jewish families uh, know all of the details. Right. Maybe them are kind of like Christians who don't know much about the Bible. <laughs> but if, if their family is doing the right thing and tr instructing their children, they know the storyline behind Queen Esther, Hadassah. Yes, that's right. That's right. It's a. It is. It's an, and you know that as far as the festivals and as far as, um, you know what. Well, first of all, I guess I'm just real quick going to take the moment to say. So this whole time, we have been asking questions and um, going over the Book of Esther because this past week. We read through the Book of Esther, and those readings are not on the on on um, the station, but they are on the website. So you go to thebiblelive.org. Dot com. Com. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. <laughs> um, TheBibleLive.com. That's right. Or just BibleLive.com. And you can go to podcast and then the programs. And you can listen to all of last week's um, programs or you can listen on the homepage is the daily reading for that day. And so listen through Next week we're going to start First uh, Corinthians. We're going to go into First and Second Corinthians, which I think is great timing. Um, I mean, it is always about God's people seemingly, you know, living and how to carry out that faith and be faithful in a hostile environment. That was the situation in which Esther found herself. And that's where Paul found himself in the Christians in Corinth, how to live for the Lord, how to live out their faith in an environment, though, that was not conducive, was not um, celebrating, you know, Christianity and the true God. And so, uh, um, so it's all, it'll be unique. It's in a way, it's kind of the same story, just a different time. But that will be what we're reading through next week. 
Uh, and if you wanted to go back and listen to uh, this week's readings, again, all of the readings are at the BibleLive.com website. And then on Sundays, we'll be asking questions and talk through what we've read the previous <laughs> week. So next Sunday, we'll be talking about Paul and Corinthians and First and Second Corinthians. Um, just as a quick for me, it, the readings really are so great and helpful. I know there are a lot of readings out there of scripture, but um, not always can you just find a specific book. Um, we're going through the book of Ruth with this Bible B program um, for the, it's the national Bible B and it's for kids. And anyway, we're doing Ruth. And I needed to, I wanted to have just the book of Ruth read. And so I went to thebiblelive.com and I went through and I found Ruth and I sent it to all of my, all of my kids in my Bible B um, host home family. And uh, we listened to the book of Ruth. It was really helpful. So a good resource and just a reminder of kind of where those verses are. But go ahead, Dr. Johnson. Sorry. Well, what I, I need to do is apologize to Sophie for not getting into First uh, Corinthians. We had many questions, but I could have asked about it. Oh, but we got stuck in, <laughs> Esther, in Ezra, okay. Esther, and I was, uh, I was going to actually read a lot more of it, but <laughs> you got spared. The time goes by really fast, actually. Yeah. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. So when you ask questions, I guess it takes more time. That's right. Ask more slowly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So come and uh, listen next week. Uh, all during the week, we have the uh, Five Alive, and then next Sunday, we'll have the program again where some questions will be asked, and you'll get a chance to chime in. Yes. Have a happy Fourth of July. See you next week. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas. 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The, the Bible, Bible Live, Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.